Hi, girlies. Welcome back to another Glow Up Secrets podcast episode. My name is Alicia, the host of the Glow Up Secrets podcast, where I help you expand your mind and become more self-aware so that you can glow up into the best version of yourself. Today's episode, I am really excited for. It's just going to be very much so bestie advice. We are just going to be chatting about a lot of different topics today. And I love to talk. This is why I created this podcast because I just can't ever stop talking. So (laughs) today is going to be, like I said, really laid back and just chill. So if you got some wine, you got some coffee, you got some tea, if you're cleaning the house, whatever you're doing, just play this podcast and let's chill and let's vibe out and talk. Now, the title of this episode is Fake Friends, Becoming an Influencer, and Living Healthy on a Budget. We will talk about all those things and a lot more. These are questions that I had been asked on either my Instagram or my TikTok. So yesterday, I went on TikTok Live, and I talked to some of you guys on there, and I compiled a lot of... compiled a lot of questions that you guys had for me. And I also asked on my Instagram stories, a bunch of questions. So I got really, really good questions from you guys. So this is going to just be me answering them. I'm just giving you my advice. Of course, I'm not no therapist. I I can't, you know, you got to just take things with a grain of salt, but let's just chat about a bunch of things today. So first, I'm going to answer the questions that I got on my TikTok live. And if you're not following me, follow me on TikTok, the Glow Up Secrets podcast. I talk everything, healing, self-love, all of the, just everything. I, I love it. And as I'm answering these questions, like I said with you guys, get some tea or some coffee or whatever. Today, I'm drinking dandelion root tea. Honestly, like it's not the best tasting tea, but apparently it's really good for your hormones and like your skin health. So I'm drinking it. So if you're interested in that, then get some dandelion root tea because for me personally, I can drink it. It's fine. But anyways, that was off topic, off topic. So somebody asked me how to accept that I have fake friends and how to move on. And I think this is a really good question. I mean, all of them are good questions, but how do you really accept fake friends? I don't really think necessarily you accept them as your friend. You just kind of have to accept that they are fake and what you want to do moving forward is going to have to be up to you. Like if you, if somebody is showing you how they are as a person, really and truly, they're not going to change. Most likely you're not going to be able to make them change. You have to make that conscious decision whether I want to stay in somebody's life even if they're telling me that this is exactly how they are or do I want to move on and move forward with my life? You clearly know that your friends are fake. And if that's the case, you really want to be friends with fake friend, like with fake people? Probably not. You know that everything that they're saying is maybe it's a lie or, you know, maybe things are getting twisted, whatever the case is. So you have to, again, make that decision whether you really want to be friends with people who are not real. At the end of the day, like you're going to be able to find people who are real, but you're not going to be able to do that if you continuously 
choose to be around people that you know are fake. There's no point in trying to change people who are fake that you know that are fake. Um, but it's also not productive and not healthy for you to be around that. Um, in terms of how to move on, I know it can be hard because... I mean, maybe these people have been your friends for a long time and you know they're unhealthy, but you have to start to like, this is where kind of self-love comes in and, um, you know, setting, setting boundaries for yourself, like realizing what you deserve. Do you deserve to be around people who are fake and who are liars or maybe talking behind your back? No, like you deserve a lot better. You deserve friends who care about you and who aren't fake. So it's kind of working on your self-love if you can't move on from this. But if you're having trouble with kind of ditching these friends, let's say, I know that's not like the best word to say, um, I would just focus on trying to create healthier relationships and more like meaningful relationships, even if you're kind of like still friends with these people, like kind of just starting to distance yourself and trying to look for people that you actually want to be friends with, like different qualities than the people that clearly probably don't have in your in your current life right now and it's okay to kind of grieve the loss of friends that you once thought you had and kind of they ended up turning out to be fake or whatever the case that's totally fine like allow yourself to like feel sad if you need to but at the end of the day you're gonna have to make this decision for yourself and you deserve better and if you don't believe that you deserve better then this is some type of internal work that you're gonna have to start to work on because if not you're just gonna be taking the bare minimum you're gonna be taking the bottom of the barrel friends who aren't real with you who are fake who don't care about you and etc. And that kind of goes to show you maybe what you're internally feeling about yourself. This is what I talk about a lot about how the people that are around you are really a mirror of what's going on in your internal world, your internal universe, what you believe about yourself, what your current, your dominant beliefs are about people in general and everything. So a lot of internal work, but really and truly at the end of the day, it's not productive to have fake friends. And there are plenty of people who are not fake that will more than willingly want to be in your life so you just have to make that decision that you deserve better and fake friends we don't need fake friends we can leave them in like I'm pretty sure we left them in like 2016 but if you haven't then leave them in 2021 we do not need them next question how do you push yourself and hold yourself accountable now this is quite broad it kind of depends on what we're talking about here like there's going to be times where you're going to have to push yourself to do things that nece- that you might not necessarily want to do, whether it's like something that you need to do for school or for your career or like for your health, you know, maybe it doesn't feel necessarily the most fun, the most free thing that you want to do, but you kind of have to do it. When it comes to that, like I focus on like if there's things that I don't want to do, but I have to do them. I don't even like to use the word kind of pushing myself because that's very just... I don't know. It's not fun when you have to tell yourself like, oh, I need to push myself harder to do something. It's very masculine energy. And I've been talking about a lot on my podcast and even just like life in general. We're very much so moving into our feminine energy moving forward this year. So instead of thinking about like pushing yourself and forcing yourself to do things, allowing yourself to do things in like time blocking periods of time and like creating micro habits. So like, let's say that you have to do an essay and like, it's going to take a long time and it's going to be like grueling and you're not, it's boring and, but you have to do it. 
instead of telling yourself like, okay, all night I have to sit and I have to be at this computer all night and work on this assignment and it's just going to be dreadful. And then you like keep procrastinating, of course, because it's not what you want to do. And then you're feeling like crap about having to do this thing at night. Tell yourself, okay, like start to time block your your time. 20 minutes I'm going to do, work on this assignment and then 10 minutes I'm going to go and actually physically get up and go and do something else that I actually like to do. And let's say there's a million things that you want to do that's not this thing that you kind of have to do. That will really help because you're you're just you're only taking a little bit of time out of your day to do this dreadful thing, but in the back of your head, you will know that you will have the time to do the things that you actually want to do um, in your day. So again, this is kind of, it's broad. It kind of depends on what you're talking about, but really that's kind of what I do with most things. It's like, okay, I'm going to sit and do this for like 20, 30, 40 minutes. And then I'm going to allow myself to do the thing that I want to do instead of just telling myself like all day, all night, I have to do this, all of the things that I don't like, because then you're just going to procrastinate and pick up your phone every three seconds and not want to do it. To go deeper, because I always like to go here, I would be questioning the things that you're trying to push yourself to do. If you find that it's becoming a challenge for you to do it in general, like I find like the things that we are slacking on, like there's a reason why you're slacking on these things or procrastinating on these things for so long or, you know, so I would kind of dig into that as well, just kind of depending on what you're doing. If Let's say you're working out as well. Like what type of workouts are you, are you telling yourself you have to do? Is that is maybe just the fact that it's just a type of workout that you're telling yourself to do is not actually the workout that should be you should be doing, you know? And a way I like to keep myself accountable, honestly, is just writing out all of my goals or all of my to-dos. And I use my Google Google Calendar as well. And actually just like time blocking and putting these things in my calendar because that way, let's say I didn't even do any of the things that I said that I was going to do this week. When I create my schedule for next week, I'm going to look at all of the things that I said I was going to do that I didn't do. And that kind of just opens up my mind to realize like, okay, there's so many things that I didn't get done. Why did I not get these things done? Like I'm asking myself these questions. Was it too many things on my plate? Were these things not in alignment with what I really wanted to do? Like it's good to kind of keep a record of the things that you say that you want to do and then see if you've actually done these things. Do more of the things that you've actually done and maybe reevaluate the things that you did not do. Why is it that you're slacking on these things and ask yourself these questions? All right, next question. What advice do you have when you feel like you're outgrowing people you love? This is a good question. Like I'm going to say this with everything, but this is good because I actually, I, I created a TikTok video. Um, it was probably like a month ago by now, but I still get a lot of comments on it. And it was just about like when you're on a healing journey or on a self-development journey, you're going to get to a point where you realize just how far away kind of you are from the people in your life that aren't doing the work that you're doing. You really start to realize just how much that you are outgrowing people in their mindsets. But the thing that I also said in this video is to not even put yourself higher than the people that you're outgrowing. Just because you're outgrowing these people doesn't mean that you're better than them, that you know more than them. You might know different things than them, but it's not to look at these people like they're invaluable or they're not 
they're not worthy of your life or, or sorry, your love or your attention anymore. You know, like it's to send them love. It's to, if you need to set some boundaries, of course, like most likely if you're outgrowing people, like you're not going to, you just won't be able to spend time with them the way you used to, because you're not going to be wanting to do the same things as you used to want to do with them. And that's totally okay. Like, but it's to have, it's to, it's to be mature about this, this in a sense, like, I think a lot of people get get this complex. I don't know what kind of complex you'd even call it, but like when you get into the self-development world, you just think that you're kind of like higher than everyone. You know, you're so woke, like you know all of these things that people don't and you know, like everyone else is bad and makes stupid mistakes, but you don't anymore because you know, you're just so woke and the and the truth of the matter is you're not. Like even if like even for myself, like there's still a lot of mistakes that I make in my day-to-day. Even when I'm talking to you guys and I'm giving you guys advice, I'm giving that to myself as well. So just kind of like humble yourself a little bit and also realize like people have a lot of value just because you're not on that same level of playing field, let's say in a way or a different lane that you're in a different lane, let's say like literally even a person on the side of the street that you have like you think that you have nothing in common with if you were to actually have a conversation with these people you can learn a lot about not only them but yourself so don't limit yourself and and start to isolate yourself I know it feels very isolating when you feel like you can't have deep conversations with people the um because you're you're kind of outgrowing what the topics that they talk about that is totally fine send them love set boundaries if you need to stay humble about things and also start to look for people who are actually talking about the things that you really want to talk about in your life. Like, I feel like sometimes we we sit in this, um, not resentment, but we just, we dwell in the fact that these people are not like me and I can't find anyone like me. But the truth of the matter is like, there ain't no original thought. Everybody be thinking the same things just on different timelines, right? So it's like, you're going to, there are people out there for you that will be talking about the things that you really, really enjoy talking about or doing in your life. So it's to take some action and start to seek out people who are in the same type of field or in this, in that same type of mindset as you. And that's totally like, it's totally fine, but send love, stay humble and keep moving forward. Next question. I'm feeling lost in my life. Tips on how to not feel like this. Oh, I think we all feel lost in our lives at certain points in our time. I'm sorry, points in our life. I don't think that this stops at any age. Like even when you think that you have everything figured. Okay, I'll give you an example for me. Like even if I, some days I think I got everything so sorted out. Like I'm so set and ready to go. And then the next day I'm like literally having a crisis. Like what am I doing with my life? Where am I going? And like, you know, like there's there's so many things that I still want to do. And and what route should I take? And what am I interested in? Like all of these things. So don't seriously stop putting so much pressure on yourself to feel like you need to know the answers to things in life you don't you don't need to know like your your end purpose or whatever your purpose in life you're gonna find that as you start to focus on the things that you are really interested in your life don't even focus on like oh I need to find my purpose like don't worry about that that will come like naturally as you start to go in the direction of you being interested in the things that you want to pursue in life or just exploring life you will find your purpose don't get so tied up on that end result just live your life day to day if if you don't know today what you're interested in that's fine if you continuously try at least to do something in your day to day to be interested in different topics or whatever whatever it is like 
allow your, I just think just allow yourself time, (laughs) I guess. I don't know how old you are, but that's kind of what I have. Again, I've moved into this energy, this feminine energy of like, I don't need to have it all figured out. And there's no point of even trying that because what you, I think personally, what I think that you need to focus on more is just staying in alignment with the things that you're interested in, in life and going in that direction. And that's going to probably change a hundred times and that's okay. You don't need to stay into in one lane, one niche, one whatever. You can't. Like you're you're a multidimensional human being. You have so many different sides of yourself. Um, depending on who you are as a person like or how your life is, like the, you're going to be doing so many things in your life. Just allow yourself to live a full life. Don't get so tied up on finding your purpose. And I guess my my like my tips on how to not feel like this is first don't try to force yourself to not feel like this for one. I think this is what we do a lot of the times when we're feeling any type of way is okay, how do I not feel like this? Well, this is a natural normal feeling and the more you try and suppress this feeling within you, it's just going to grow bigger. So don't force yourself to not feel a certain way about something, especially feeling lost and and give yourself some time. Like, is there something in your life? There's got to be one thing. People say this all the time to me, like, oh, I don't know what I'm, what to do with my life. I'm not interested in anything. It's like there's something that you do that it kind of sparks your interest. There's something, whether that's you spend an hour a day on YouTube. What is it that you're watching? What is it that you're consuming on social media? What is it that you talk to your friends about? What is it that when somebody is talking to you in a conversation, you get like really, really clicked into that conversation and you want to talk about it more? There's something, maybe it's the smallest thing. Maybe you think it's like so irrelevant and that there's no way that I could, you know, create a career out of that or create anything out of that. Don't worry about that. Just go into the direction of what interests you the most. We live in a generation now where literally you can turn absolutely any interest that you want into anything, really, Um, whether it's to make money or not even make money, whether it's, you know, like there's so many things. So go in the direction of your interests or what are things that you were maybe interested in when you were younger that you had to suppress and you had to kind of put away because of, you know, social conditioning or whatever the case may be. You got you got older, so you couldn't do that thing anymore. Like start to become really, really interested and maybe like your old interests or like what you're interested in currently in right now. Next question, tips on how to get out of a slump. I think this is another one where it's don't force yourself or don't get, don't get down on yourself if you are in a slump or a rut, because again, that's not going to help your situation. I would be kind of while you're in this slump or like in a rut, this is what I I do as well. Like when I'm like really down and I'm just like nothing's working and I'm just kind of in this rut, I start to get curious as to what got me into this rut to begin with before I try and get out of the rut. Like I want to go deep into that root cause before I try and fix the symptom. And that could look like just journaling like what am I feeling? Why am I feeling like this? What got me to this place? What was I doing leading up to this rut? What wasn't working? You know, like just kind of start to get curious about that. And then like if there's things that you really want to do, start getting like sometimes like when I'm in a rut too, I need to just, it's a time for me to like slow down, reflect 
and like revamp and create new goals and maybe like even a vision board like get creative I don't know how you how you are necessarily and like of course I don't know what type of slump that you're in but it's good to just kind of like start fresh when I'm feeling really down it's like okay you know what screw what I was trying to do it wasn't working what can I do moving forward this is a time for me to reinvent myself or reinvent or change some goals, writing out goals lists, creating a vision board, go on Pinterest, get some um, inspiration, like depending on what you're trying to do, like just revamp your your routine or your life in a way that kind of inspires you or, or you know, gets you a little bit more motivated, you know, in life. I feel like that kind of helps me as well. But of course, you want to get to that root cause of of what created this slump in the first place. And also, when it's time for you to kind of get out of this slump by, you know, let's say you created a to-do list or goals that you want to reach now that you've kind of like revamped whatever it is that you're trying to revamp, go slow. If you're in a rut, the next day you're not going to be able to hit like 10 things on your to-do list because you have been sitting in a slump. So take things slow, do one thing at a time, day to day, do some time blocking, micro habits, little habits throughout the day, like nothing big. And then you're going to start to build some momentum. Just don't be hard on yourself. And maybe it's, it's, it's just a time for you to reinvent yourself a little bit. Next question. How do you get motivated to work out? Now, I think this is like such a big question in the fitness and even like health industry. Like everyone wants to know the key to motivation. And this is another TikTok video. I actually, actually, I made two talk to girl. What? Sometimes my brain and my mouth are just seriously on different pages. It's insane. It's like, do you guys not have a relationship or what? Anyways, I made two TikTok videos about motivation. One of the videos I made about motivation was like motivation is not a thing. Like it's a thing, but you need to know that you're not always going to have motivation. Like that's just the reality of things. You're not always going to like be motivated to go to the gym. And another one was stop taking things so seriously. I find that we take things, we put so much pressure on ourselves to perform well, whether that's in the gym, like we have to do this crazy workout tomorrow. And it's, this is the thing with working out is I think that we get overwhelmed and we kind of dread the workout that we have to do because we think, oh my gosh, this is going to be such a hard work that I have to do. Like I have to do so much at the gym. I have to get up and go and it's just going to be a whole thing. And not only that, I have to, not only do I have to do it tomorrow, I have to do it the next day. And not only do I have to do it the next day, but I have to do it for weeks on end and all the way until six months or until summer. And like, yes, I really want a summer body, but holy is going to take so long. And like, I don't know if I can do like all of these things, right? All because we really want this end goal. And we're just putting so much pressure on ourselves. It's like just detach from the end goal, detach from what this thing will give you and just relax. Like I'm not saying don't do, don't do your workout the next day, but like don't focus on like the motivation, just kind of make it fun. Like just wake up and just decide like, okay, I'm even give yourself the option. It's like either I I can do this workout or I don't. It's not really a big deal if I do it because again, I'm not super attached to the outcome. And I know like when, like when you're, when you really have fitness goals, like you kind of have to be attached to the outcome, but I just think that it's not necessarily so helpful when we are so tied to our outcome. And another thing is 
is you need to do workouts that you actually enjoy. Like if you really struggle with going to the gym, question why it is that you are like you can't go like you're struggling to go to the gym is it just because like the commute is so freaking long or the workouts that you do you literally hate like there's so many ways that you can move your body and work out and you don't have to just go to the gym to do that and I would really consider reevaluating the type of working out that you're you're making yourself do because again like the motivation is not always going to be there and of course like there's going to be times where you just going to have to kind of tell yourself like listen I'm doing this for my health this is another thing like you it's important to kind of know your why as to why you're doing a workout what is the why like is it because you're trying to get really really healthy or is it kind of more aesthetic you know whatever it is understand your why but reevaluate the type of workouts you're doing. I always, literally, I only do workouts that I like to do. And that's just really, that's really it. I do a lot of walks. I, I, I move my body in a lot of different ways. Um, I do fit, like I am a personal trainer. I do group fitness classes as well, um, daily. So that kind of helps me, but I'm creating workouts that are fun. And I think that you should too. I think do what makes you feel like, happy and fun and stop putting so much freaking pressure on yourself because it's not that deep. I know it's deep for people who really want to lose weight and change their bodies. I get it. But at the end of the day, it's like live your life, girl or guy. (laughs) Next question. How do you deal with toxic people? People that always pick on you and negative things. Honestly, if you if there's a toxic person in your life, you need to understand the place that they are coming from. And this is not to say you need to ask them or have a conversation with them. If they are toxic, you need to realize that they're operating from a very low vibrational state. They are projecting things. They have their own insecurities. They are just moving very low vibe. And that you you need to make that decision to not take on that energy because it's their energy. It's not yours. If people are picking on you or saying negative things, it's literally coming from a really low place. You have to know that like a person who is secure within themselves and who loves themselves, like truly, they are not going to bring you down to make you feel bad. The thing is they're trying to bring you down to their level. That's what they're doing because they're lower, like they're at low vibrational. So I mean, you can't take things that people say who are toxic or just being negative. Seriously, you just can't. Even if it feels so serious, you can't take their truth as your truth. It's going to feel like it's the truth, but it's not. You. It's only your truth if you decide and you make it your truth about yourself. So at the end of the day, like that's what you, you really got to make that decision. And also like you got to set boundaries if you're around toxic people again. Because if not, then you're going to feel like crap about yourself and you don't deserve that. Next question. How do you feel grounded, calm, and confident in yourself? Um, Well, the confidence piece here is it's going to come over time. Like you're, it's not going to be like one day, like you just learn what confidence is and then you just, you're automatically confident. I think over time you build confidence by showing up for yourself, by looking at yourself like somebody who is worthy of being loved and being taken care of and that's really gonna like that type of work is gonna come from like 
like I always talk about, like parts work, inner child work, reparenting yourself, really sitting with yourself and journaling and sitting with your emotions and allowing yourself to cry and allowing yourself to choose a life that you want to live and to not be so pushed down by other people's opinions and beliefs and truths about them. These are the things that are going to allow you to show up for yourself. And when you show up for yourself on a day-to-day, you start to just build that confidence within yourself and you build that type of relationship where it's like, I got myself no matter what, you know, like I am totally fine. I know what I know what I can say to myself if I'm feeling bad. I can trust myself that when I'm feeling sad, I can like, I, I know I'm going to allow myself to sit with these emotions and I can work through them. You know, I'm not alone. Like those are things that will actually build confidence. It's not necessarily like, of course, for sure, it can be like physical stuff too. Like, you know, just taking care of your physical appearance and dressing well and all that kind of stuff or getting yourself together in terms of like even your finances or your career or your health and your working out, things like that. But I really do think it does start internally and doing that kind of inner child work. I think it's really, really important that you do that. In terms of feeling grounded and calm, Um, I guess that just kind of depends on what you need. Like if you're a very stressed out person, like if you are trying to feel grounded and calm, like there's a lot of things you can do throughout, throughout your days that will really help you stay grounded. Really just coming to the present. I like to just hold one hand on my heart and one hand like kind of like on my stomach and I just take a few deep breaths and I start to feel more grounded in that moment like it's so so simple I do that um, in periods of time where I'm feeling stressed or I'm overthinking a lot or let's say I'm even at work and I'm just like a lot of things are going on I just take a second like you deciding to take that second for yourself that's the thing that's going to build the confidence within you as well so just things like that I go to sleep and I, I play a guided meditation like just little things like that throughout your day going for a walk like stepping away from your computer for your from your work Those are things that will help you stay grounded and calm. The next question is any advice on how to stay mindful? I feel like I'm very distracted and foggy and it's really annoying. And so this kind of kind of goes with the last question that I just answered. Just staying mind like being mindful is kind of coming to the present. So again, just taking a few deep breaths throughout your day, stepping away from your computer if you're um, you know, having to work on something that like involves brain activity. <laughs> um, and especially if you're feeling easily distracted, I find time blocking really works with this. So again, if you're the type of person that picks up your phone every three seconds when you're tr- trying to do work, telling yourself like, okay, I'm going to work on this thing for 20 minutes and then I'm going to take a five minute break. It helps me because I know in 20 minutes I can pick up my phone. So I don't actually pick up my phone throughout that 20 minutes because it's like, okay, I can I can go 20 minutes without it. But if you just tell yourself like, oh, I have to do this whole assignment all night, like you're going to be picking up your phone um, in between because your, your brain just cannot handle like focusing for this long. And that's totally fine. Like you don't need to stress about that. Like you do need breaks. So again, doing that time blocking stuff as well as, being mindful, taking some breaths, going for a walk, like listening to the freak, just one song if you need to, like coming to the present, just just like not taking things so seriously and stressing about everything. Next question, how to help a friend going through a breakup and having a hard time? I think it's important when you're helping anyone when it comes to just, I guess, like advice, like one of your, your friends who is going through a breakup or really anything is 
you got to let them, you got to let them vent really and truly like let them vent (laughs) for however long they need. And another thing that I really learned how to do or like be when it comes to my friends and giving them advice is the art of detachment. I used to kind of be more invested in what my friends would do with my advice afterwards and I would get disappointed a lot because usually what happens is you give somebody advice and it's great advice and in the moment they're like amazing but then they're calling their ex the next day and then you're like literally what just happened we are both on the same page like I gave you this advice I thought you were going to take it this that and the third but the end of the day like you're you're not going to be able to make people like fully change their habits. And most likely like people have very deep ingrained habits that like they're not just going to flip a switch overnight. So just be a friend to your friend. Listen to them again. This is also another thing is like you might have to start setting um, some boundaries. This is going to depend on the friend, right? Like maybe it's just like a, a really good friend that needs some advice or like just needs to vent. But maybe you have a friend who literally like it's the same story over and over and over and over again. And it's to a point where it's like you have drained your bank of giving a F and you can't do it anymore. And you know damn well anything that you tell them, they're not going to do regardless. So if it's becoming to a point where it's like overwhelming you and you you start to feel resentment and stuff it's either you need to have that conversation with them or you need to start to have like boundaries in terms of just like stop giving so much detailed advice on something you know just kind of keep it generic let them again this is a great thing just let them vent like don't put in so much effort when it comes to it like giving them advice like don't you don't need to be their therapist and listen this is coming from a friend who has been that therapist friend the advice friend things like that I have learned very much so in so many years to like not it's not even about gatekeeping like advice or anything like that. It's just to realize like, first of all, people are going to do what they want to do at the end of the day. And I'm not going to stress myself out and put so much effort into like coming up with the perfect plan for you when you probably aren't going to take that advice anyways, you know? Last question from TikTok. What if you have no one to vent or to talk to? Um literally talk to yourself. I talk to myself all the time, guys, and I know it kind of sounds weird, but like Listen, you can talk to your friends all day and again, like get advice from them or whatever, but you got to get, you got to get good at giving yourself like advice or talking yourself through really, really hard things. Cause also another thing is, is like when you talk to somebody and get some advice or just like vent to them, like you can kind of control how much that you actually are being truthful about the things that you're going through, right? Like you might be somebody who's kind of emotionally vulnerable and you don't actually open up completely. So it's like that person can only help you so much versus like if you're being your own like advocate and you're talking to yourself, like you're going to be more real with yourself because like nobody is listening. So if you can't actually speak out by talking to yourself or even in your head, like literally just journaling, journaling what you're feeling like, you know, having that little dialogue, that conversation, like how am I feeling? Why am I feeling like this? And then thinking about like, what could I tell myself right now in this moment to make myself feel better? And I know it can be hard for people to do that, but the the be- like the more that you do that, the better that you will get at it. I promise you that. So don't, don't get so overwhelmed if you're trying to do a, like a journaling session and you're like, I don't know what to say to myself. Just start by writing out your feelings. Like, 
just write out what you're feeling and then something might pop up from a part of you that is that kind of nurturing part that might know what to say in that moment or might have some realization but you won't know until you actually try it and I feel like a lot of people don't even want to have that conversation with themselves but I promise you it's the most important conversation that you're going to ever have like going to ever have is going to be with yourself and um, I love it I love talking to myself I live by myself so I literally just (laughs) it sounds so weird to say but like I just like talk out loud to myself when I'm feeling like sad about things. I, I speak out what I'm feeling. I cry. And then I'll just start talking to myself like what I need to do. Like, okay, this is why I'm feeling like this. And it's totally fine that I'm feeling like this. And I'm going to be okay. And, you know, I don't know. I just feel like you need to start to learn how to, how to talk to yourself. Because at the end of the day, you, the person that you go to bed with, is yourself maybe you're going to bed with somebody that who's laying beside you but nobody's in your head the way that you are so it's important that you learn how to talk to yourself and if you need examples go to my tiktok page and go to my playlist parts work and healing as well i have some examples on like things that you can tell yourself or like your inner child things like that Alrighty, let's go to Instagram now. I have a lot of questions from there as well as i sip my dandelion tea we're getting through this. I hope you guys are liking it so far. All right. First question. How to deal with living with a family member you dislike who puts you in a negative mind space? This can be difficult because living like with family members who are toxic is hard because you can't necessarily get away from them, right? Um, I think it's really important to realize that, again, anyone who is any type of toxic or negative, you have to look at them as like they're coming from a very low vibrational state. They're coming from an insecure state, past conditioning, probably unresolved traumas, like all of those things. And that's not to just like look at them and be like, like they're just broken and they just have so much like work to do. But it's to look at them and be like, they are clearly a person who is struggling and they're not in the right mind space to be clearly treating me well. And that's not to say to accept what they are saying to you or what they are doing, but it's to kind of step outside of the situation for a moment and to not take things personally. This is so important, like especially when you have family members because they can really, really hurt you like mentally when they are saying really negative things. You have to remind yourself every single time they say something that is like bringing you down, you have to realize they're trying to bring you down to their level. Every single time that somebody is trying to bring you down, they're trying to bring you down to their level. Do you really want to go there? No, you don't deserve to go there. It's hard for you not to believe that you don't deserve to go down there when it's your family and your family should be bringing you up higher. But again, it's just because they're your family or your mother or somebody really close to you. It doesn't mean that they are in a great mental state, unfortunately. Another thing you can do when it comes to like living in a toxic environment is you're going to really have to put in that work to try and get away from this type of environment as much as you can. So depending, I'll, I'll give you an example for me. I used to live in a really, really toxic environment and I was living with my parent at one point that was into a lot of addictions and I lived in a household with not only her, but a lot of other people who were also Um, dealing with a lot of addictions and I was the only person who was not and I was like 18 19 years old 
going to school and working and really, really diving deep into my self-improvement and development and things like that. So I had to create a whole routine, a whole life that really supported me through this journey, journey because literally as soon as I opened my door, everything was toxic for me. It was insane. And so in those moments, like I, I really started to take my, my self-care and my routines really, really seriously. I, I, I got as much sleep as I possibly could. I was living with, there was a one roommate that like he rented a room in our, our home where he would go to the club like every single night and like 2 a.m. he'd always bring home girls and they were always loud and they were always waking me up. So it was even to the point where my sleep was really messed up and it was not healthy, but I tried my best to read a book before I went to sleep to help me go to sleep if again, like if, if I got woken up, I would really try to like not allow myself to be so triggered telling myself like one day this will not have to happen to me in the mornings. I'd be doing gratitude lists and just journaling and listening to podcasts every morning. I would get up and I would go move my body at the gym. If you don't have a gym, get outside of the house and go for a walk put positivity in your ear, listen to a podcast, listen to music that keeps you in a good state like come home if you have a job of course you're going to your job which is great if you work from home go to a coffee shop or try to do something get outside of this negative environment i know it sometimes might feel like you're stuck and depending on your age of course you might really feel stuck but there are still things that you can do in your day to day that is not you dwelling on the fact that you live in a toxic environment at the end of the day every single thing that you do for yourself will be a vote for your better you your best version of yourself and you're going to look back in like five years and I do too. Why am I getting emotional right now? (laughs) Okay, I need to take a second there. I don't know why I was getting so emotional. Well, I guess I was getting emotional because I look at my past self living in like literally like a trap house. Like it was like such a bad environment and like how strong I was throughout everything when that whole environment could have taken me down. And I am so grateful for the routines and through the things that I did for myself back then because I don't even think that I would be the person that I am today if it wasn't for me deciding to make some of those votes for my future self and like in that process I didn't even really know like where I was going to be headed in my life but I look back and I'm just like I'm so thankful that I I in the most toxic environment ever I did the things that I could I could control for myself so that I could live the life that I'm living now. So again, if you live in a toxic environment or you're around negative people, I understand it's I have been there, but I promise you like it's honestly your life is probably not going to be like picture perfect and I struggle with that a lot too or sorry, I struggled with that a lot in that moment of like toxic environment like I wished my life was not the way that it was I wished I didn't have to do so many routines at times like some days I didn't want to do like journaling or like listen to a podcast and I just wanted to like have a normal family and a normal life but telling yourself that it's not always going to be like this forever and that the more that you do this work now the easier it will be later and I will tell you that for a fact because this is literally my life is so completely different than it used to be 
Like I am in such a more healthy environment. I live on my own, my, my routines, everything, nothing feels forced. Nothing feels like I have to do it. I'm doing things out of a place of wanting to do it. It's just, it's insane. So again, just, I guess a piece of motivation is like, keep going. Do not let other people bring you down. At the end of the day, you're going to be put in situations in your life where life is going to test you. And and unfortunately, sometimes it's going to be your decision. You're going to have to make that decision whether you want to stay or you want to move forward. All right. That was emotional for me. I had to like stop for a few (laughs) moments there. All right. Next question is, how do you integrate parts where Kate... Okay. Actually, this was um like a two-part question. So I'm going to read the initial question and then I'm going to read the follow-up that she DM'd me. How do you integrate parts work with regulating your nervous system when triggered? And then she went to say, I'm trying to figure out how to heal. And although I have a lot of self-awareness and understanding of the concept of inner child work, when I'm triggered by something, those fears are so real. I don't know how to regulate myself um, to not react in impulsive and self-sabotaging ways. So that was a long-winded like question, but I'll try and break it down as much as I can. And of course, guys, I'm not a therapist. So this is literally just like my take on what I have done for myself and what I think is potentially helpful for somebody who is um, trying to do any inner child work. Parts work is the same thing as inner child work or like shadow work for anyone who is like new to that concept. So I think what people struggle with the most and what I'm kind of seeing in this question is the want to not react impulsively or self-sabotaging. That in itself actually creates more harm than good by you trying to change yourself so bad because you want to not be impulsive and to not self-sabotage. Of course, it's natural for you to not want to be like reacting in a certain way. But the thing is, sometimes, especially when you're just starting out with doing parts work or inner child work, you're not going to be able to force yourself to not react or to not feel emotions or to not even sometimes self-sabotage because the parts within you that are feeling this way or are overthinking or are stressing or are just driving yourself into this sabotaging behavior, they don't feel safe to not react this way. Like you have to understand that let's say you're an overthinker, like that is a coping mechanism. You overthinking is just a symptom of you being in fight or flight from a specific situation that happened from most likely childhood. And so for you to tell yourself to stop overthinking, that's telling your inner child to stop using that coping mechanism without you actually having that relationship and creating that safety for that, that part of you that feels it needs to overthink. So I would say you need to start to give yourself some time here. And I know it's hard for people to want to give them time because this is what happens. We know why we do the things that we do, but we just want to change that now. Like we just want to, okay, like how do I change the fact that I'm an overthink or um, I'm an overthinker or that I stress out a lot about things. Like I just want to not feel like this. And it's understandable. Like this is not a good feeling to feel, but it's so important for you to actually sit with these feelings. So if you're feeling triggered about something, it's okay to sit with that trigger and to actually, what really I personally think that you need to do is to sit with your trigger when it comes up and start to be 
curious, like ask yourself, like, why am I feeling like this right now? It's okay. Instead of saying, stop feeling like this. Oh my gosh. Like, why are you overthinking? Like, why are you stressing about the situation? Like, we know we, we don't need to be stressing about the situation right now. Like, stop doing it. That's not helpful. You're signaling to your, your inner child that like, it's basically your inner child is crying and you're yelling at it to tell it to not cry. Like, do you really think your child is going to stop crying if you just yell at it and tell it to stop crying? Absolutely not. You got to sit with this part of you. You have to start to become curious and understand why are you crying? Why are you scared? And to learn how to talk to yourself, that positive self-talk is what's going to allow yourself, your the part of you that is stressing or overthinking to calm down. And this is what is going to help you regulate your nervous system. You talking to yourself and allowing yourself the space to actually sit with this emotion, this fear, that is regulating your nervous system. You're not regulating your nervous system when you're telling yourself to stop thinking about this fear when there is a perceived fear. So when it comes to regulating your nervous system, which is to basically regulate your inner child at this point, it's just basically your your physical response to a situation. Again, you you want to be very clear and aware of what it is that is currently coming up in a situation like what trigger you're having and why you're having this trigger and not try to suppress the fact that you're feeling triggered about something sit with that and this might look like if you're an overthinker to allow yourself to sit there and overthink about something for like 10 minutes like again you think it's not productive because it's like well why would I allow myself to do the self-sabotaging behavior that I don't want to be doing, but you telling yourself that you can't do it just ends up making it worse anyways. Even when it comes to like overeating and stuff, this is why a lot of people talk about when it comes to like intuitive eating or like somebody who is a chronic dieter and they don't want to be dieting anymore. What actually you have to do is allow yourself complete freedom to do what you want to do. And most likely you're going to be overeating. But and of course, I'm not going to go too much deep into that because really and truly you need to be going to like um, eating disorder therapist for that. But it's allowing yourself the space to actually be in the state that you're trying to get out of. That's actually the first step. And in doing that, you're going to be signaling to your nervous system that it is okay and that you're actually safe because you're sitting with yourself. You're sitting with the parts of you that are feeling afraid and that are overthinking. All of your life, you've been telling yourself to stop overthinking or like even now you realize that you overthink and you're telling yourself, okay, you need to stop overthinking. That is not helpful. Like I said, it's creating more stress within you. It's, it's creating your nervous nervous system to stay in that fight or flight Um, another thing that you can do for like really calming your nervous system like regulating is to I've mentioned this in a few other questions is to literally hold your one hand on your heart and one hand on your stomach and just take a few deep breaths that will literally help you become present in real time instead of living in your head sometimes we live so much in our heads and what we really need to do is bring our attention back to the body and calm the body down go for a walk if you're feeling overwhelmed and it's not to take those deep breaths and it's not to go for the walk or do a meditation to kind of stop this thing from happening it's to do it so that you are with yourself you're with your inner child come at it from a place of I'm going to hold your hands, not stop doing this behavior. So yeah, I think that creating safety within yourself really comes down to that. Like you have to be there with yourself and you have to stop forcing yourself to stop doing these behaviors and instead 
try to understand why you do these behaviors and see what your parts actually need. That This is why I tell people to do part. You actually have to do parts work and you actually have to have that conversation with yourself because you might think you know what you need to stop doing a behavior, but you really don't know until you actually have a conversation with your inner parts. And again, if you need examples on what I'm talking about when it comes to parts work and having a conversation with your inner child, go to my TikTok. I have lots of examples on there. Next question, how to let money flow into your life more effortlessly. Now, I think I'm like really in the midst of trying to allow this to happen as well. So I'm really coming from a place of talking about it in real time. (laughs) Um, I think that first you really need to understand why potentially money isn't flowing into your life effortlessly, like why it is that you struggle with allowing that to be even a thing. Most likely is to do with like your past conditioning. Um, Maybe you didn't come from money. Maybe your beliefs around money are like you can only make a certain amount this specific way, which is going to block the ability for you to allow money to come into your life. The beliefs that you hold are literally going to be the reason why you manifest something or you don't manifest something. So I think it's really important to start there. Of course, you got to get to that root. And if you really want to, again, like another thing is, is to stop like having so much, um, I guess, focus on the outcome of like, how and how much you're going to get and when because if you are truly in a place of receiving in that feminine energy of allowing the universe to bring you what you need then you shouldn't be tied up with how it's going to happen it's completely a two different conflicting energies so I personally, what I've been doing is working through my fears around abundance and allowing myself to try and manifest things by first not focusing too much on that. But every morning um, I journal and right now I'm journaling just around any fears that I have um, that that come up with revolving money. And right now, I talked about this in my last episode, I am going to be moving in April and you know there was some fears that came up around like, where am I going to be moving and like, will I have enough money and like, what what is my job situation going to be like? You know, like all of these fears come up, but those are the fears that are going to actually block myself from being able to receive the money that I would need or the, the perfect place that I want to be at, the location, the jobs, like all of these things, right? So I'm just working through these fears. And again, like at the end of the day, these fears come from past conditioning and childhood. And the more you sit with yourself and work through these things, the more you stop to ha- you stop having so many thoughts throughout the day of lack of scarcity. And again, that's the energy that's going to be a complete confliction with abundance and allowing money to flow effortlessly into your life. So it's really it's it's switching actually from masculine to feminine energy. And again doing journaling in in your day-to-day will definitely help with that. I also created a abundance and like manifesting journal guide. If you 
really struggle with that. I think it's really, really good. Um, I give an example of like parts work that you could be doing with a part of you that struggles with allowing money to flow freely in your life or just abundance in general. Um, it's linked in my bio. It's $10 and it's digital. So you can do it like on your phone or your computer or you can print it out. I think it's really helpful, but that's what I've been doing right now. Um, yeah, I think it's just like also like learning the art of detachment, like detaching from the outcome. Cause at the end of the day, it's like, you have, you, you think you might know like how much like money you could make from doing this specific thing, this specific way, but there is unlimited potentials within your life path that you can't even conceptualize. So for you to limit yourself with these beliefs, again, you're just, you're, you're stopping from the potentials that could absolutely happen. The universe can so easily, okay, there's this analogy, I'm going to try and remember it, um, from Teal Swan, and she was saying it in one of her workshops. She was saying, like, somebody had the same type of question about how, like, how do I manifest and, like, whatever and, like, get out of my own way. And she was saying, like, think about a little ant that lives in Africa, and that ant's soulmate lives in North America, but it doesn't really, like, know how it's going to get there. And it might even believe that how on earth am I going to like there's it's literally impossible. My soulmate apparently is in North America, but I live in Africa. There's no way I'm such a small little ant. There's no way that I would be able to ever go there. Like it's just literally impossible. But the universe is looking at this like, well, it's easy. I can literally just get a human being to go find this ant, pick it up, get on a, on a plane and go bring it to North America and let it free. And they would find its soulmate. Like it's, it's so simple in the universe's terms. Cause it's like, Oh, that's so easy. I can literally just like get this thing and, and bring this one person here and get a plane ticket and done. But we, we're so limited in our thinking that like, there's no possible way that I could be in Africa. My soulmate is going to be in North America and how would it work? And I don't have the money to get the plane ticket and I don't have money to do this. And there's no opportunities. Da, da, da. It's all just conditioning. It's all just beliefs. At the end of the day, we want to try and open our minds up to potentials. And that's first detaching from the idea that we know every potential we don't. So it's also educating yourself on this type of um, thinking and, and, and beliefs. Of course, this is going to kind of depend on what you believe in, even if you believe in God, really. But if you just believe in the universe or whatever the case is, or law of attraction, things like that, like you, you really don't know at the end of the day. And I am I have been somebody who has been a very like stressed person who have has heavily lived in their masculine energy because I've had to do a lot of things on my own so I've I've become a very fixated perfectionist type of person and in doing that it really really blocks a lot of different type of potentials because you are focusing on this one thing so again if you need help I would say get that digital e-guide um and yeah, let that money flow, baby. Next question. Do you have any tips on becoming an influencer? I guess I have a few tips because I think I have like pretty good tips because not only I guess you could say that I am an influencer, but I've also been watching influencers. I've been growing. I grew up in the era of like watching influencers on YouTube and Instagram for the longest time and now on TikTok as well. And I think the most important thing, and I'm sure you've probably heard it before, is like 
you have to talk about the things that you want to talk about and that you really want to speak from the heart about. Like at the end of the day, like even if you're trying to become like, let's say a lifestyle influencer where you're not necessarily speaking on something, but like if you have a true passion to be an Instagram um, girl where you're posting like wellness or or outfits or something like that, like is that truly you? Like I, the idea of it always sounds amazing. Like you look on a girl's Instagram feed and it's like a beautiful, amazing, like wish I could be that. But like, what could you realistically do that? Is that what you want to be doing? Could you actually do it sustainably for a long period of time? Like if it doesn't make sense for your day-to-day life, like I don't necessarily know how long it's going to be before you stop doing that thing. Um, so kind of like, I guess also just like learning what you'd be good at. Like you're not gonna be able to do everything. What type of style of content do you even want to be creating or what you'd even be good at? Like personally, like I like speaking and talking and, that's like what I do. I do that on TikTok. I do that on my podcast and I'll be doing that on YouTube as well. Um, So I guess just really just go in the direction of what you're interested in and not what other people are doing. And if you're somebody who has been wanting to be a creator, but like you just get in your own way at the end of the day, like, and trust me, I've had to like really learn this because I have been watching people on YouTube for years and I've seen them now and they're like so big and they've they're doing exactly kind of what they want to be doing. It's like you can either start now or you can start in four years, but either way, most likely you're still going to want this. Like you're still going to want to be this content creator. And I think I'm sure a lot of people say this like, oh, I wish I started sooner. And the truth is, is like you, you either like you, you got to start or stop talking about it. Like really and truly. Um, I, I feel like sometimes I can understand depending on the type of content that you're, you're creating. It can be definitely hard. Like I did YouTube like almost four or five years ago, but I was in a really, that, that story that I was telling you about when it comes to that toxic environment, it's crazy because that's the time that I was creating my YouTube. Um, but it became a little bit too much because I felt like I was very much so not being, who I wanted to be on camera because I was dealing with so many things behind the scenes. So sometimes obviously like your life is just like, it doesn't like work out for you to be able to like be putting yourself on camera at all times. But again, that's going to depend on the type of content that you're creating. You don't have to put your whole life story on, on things, but at the end of the day, you're going to have to just decide to do it. If this is something that you really are passionate about, um, you have to do it and you have to stop being afraid of what people are going to think about you and how you come across. At the end of the day, your first, my first podcast episode is not going to be the best. My first anything is not going to be my best. Even the hundredth video is not going to be your best. And that's totally fine. There's going to be, you never know again, like I was talking about these potentials that you have in your life. You have no idea where you could go if you just keep continuously going into alignment with what you are interested in. That is the energy that I am stepping into this year. And I have slowly been doing that. It's like, I'm just going to go into the energy and the interest that I want to go in and the universe will bring me the opportunities and will bring me the ideas and the inspiration and the motivation for me to continuously keep moving forward so that's what I think stop overthinking it so much stop trying to be perfect with everything what you think that you're going to be doing now is not really even going to be where you're going to be doing in five years even if it is in the realm of content creation like I tell myself that too like what I think I'm going to be doing now it might be completely different I might be talking about something 
completely different and that's totally fine but you have to start somewhere um another thing is is like if you want to if you really want to become an influencer or whatever it's like i guess you want to start to of reevaluate like why you want to be an influencer like my my goal on the top of my head is to not be an influencer i just i guess i am because of what i talk about but my goal my goal is not to be an influencer my goal is to talk about the things that i want to talk about because i think it's really helpful for other people who have been through the same thing i have and i talk about things on my journey and things that are helpful to other people it's more about like being helpful versus like i just want to be this influencer um so i guess kind of like questioning why i mean i'm i i know a lot of girls who just always say they want to like become a youtuber like literally there's so many people that i know that are like well i just i want to start youtube but it's like why do you want to start youtube and like they literally have no answer other than like it would just be cool to be a youtuber or like it'd be cool to have a podcast like of course it'd be cool to have all these things and to like be this content creator but like what value are you providing to your people like is it literally the only reason why you want to do this is to make money like at the end of the day i think we need to be transparent about the fact that yes we do make money and it's totally fine to keep putting out content so that there's going to be different revenue streams in the future. That's totally fine. I don't think that's the wrong thing. Like at the end of the day, like you're spending your time creating content for other people to consume and you're helping people in a lot of different ways. But at the end of the day, like if you're just motivated and do to make money, like all, first of all, it's not, it's not going to be sustainable. You're, you're not going to have your heart in it. And you're most likely going to make kind of like weird decisions and focus on the wrong things. So I would just say if your heart is in it, just do it. Like seriously, there's so many opportunities that you can um, do. I would say honestly for anyone who is trying to be an influencer, start on TikTok. Like go on TikTok. It's a, a easier organic reach um, for you to create an audience on there, build your audience on TikTok, and then move to different platforms like Instagram and YouTube. That's my personal opinion. Um, it's it's kind of hard to to grow on Instagram, and it's really hard to grow on on YouTube as well, just with the algorithms and just the saturation. It's not to say that you your videos that you create on any of those platforms or pictures won't do well. It's just going to take longer for you to gain the traction for people to find you. That's really that's really it. So using t- utilizing TikTok, it'll help you um, gain that initial audience as well. And then you can kind of like grow from there. But it is dedication and it is hard work. And you kind of have to be a consumer of social media, to be honest, if you want to do well with content creation, in my personal opinion, or just like becoming an influencer. Like you need to understand like what your followers want and what your followers are thinking and what they're interested in and what they want to like hear. Like really and truly, it's about building a community versus just building a following at the end of the day. And um, I think it really helps if you're on that other side as well. I've been on that other side for so long. I've watched so many different types of niches when it came to YouTube videos videos and even TikToks and Instagram and stuff like that. So it's like, I know as a consumer what I want to see. And so I try to create content in that, in that mind frame. Of course, I'm the one leading that conversation and creating the content, but it's based off of what people are wanting from me. I'm asking questions. I'm creating a community. I'm not just making content based off of what I want to. Of course, I have that creative direction, but at the end of the day, like you're not going to be able to like sell yourself or like sell your content or get people to listen to you if it's literally like 
all of your ideas are just like for you or how you think. Again, this is this goes back to like not being a perfectionist. Like I can I'm pretty sure most influencers can tell you that they have like lists and lists and lists of ideas, of video ideas and content things that they could create, but a lot of them we don't even end up creating or are filming because we post one video and then that goes viral and then and then we're getting a bunch of questions on on something that I specifically said in that video and I'm 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 now listening to my followers and creating content based off of those those comments versus what I thought initially that I wanted to make um, for a video. So it's just being really, really engaged. If you're not that type of person that wants to have a connection with your community, most likely you are not going to be successful at being an influencer. Now, of course, there's definitely some um, influencers, depending on the niche, that will be good. Like, at, like you don't, they don't necessarily need to have that much of a, um, I don't know, I guess community base. Like I find that the girls who just kind of pose on Instagram um, and they just have like, they're really pretty and just have like nice fashion taste. Like I find they don't necessarily need to like put that much work in, but like I, I still think that they do at the end of the day, like people want to know who you are. And, and if you're answering comments and not gatekeeping, most likely people are going to trust what you say and your opinion, especially when it comes to brand deals and things like that. Um, so again, it kind of depends on, on the niche or the whatever industry that you're in, but building that community and like having conversation with people at the end of the day, because your followers are going to be the ones that are going to be paying your bills at the end of the day. Like even if they don't directly buy from your link, let's say, or buy a product that you're talking about from a sponsorship, your followers, the ones that are engaged are going to create those analytics and create that, um, social presence for the opportunity for you to collaborate with brands or a sell a product or whatever the case is. So it's like, these are the people that are paying your bills. So what value are you giving them? And I think that's just kind of how I think about it. It's like, I don't think about the money. I think about helping people and and all of that fun, cool stuff as an influencer. Sure, that will come. But at the end of the day, it's like I'm creating something much bigger than just being an influencer and making money, which I just feel like a lot of people right now, um, that's that's what they want to do. And again, like, it's not bad to, like, want to be an influencer, but why do you want to be an influencer, I guess? That was, like, a really long rant, but I I do really like talking about that stuff because, again, I feel like I've been um, somebody who is, I am always consuming. I mean, I try not to consume so much, but I still do. So, yeah, if you guys want any other tips, of course, you got to let me know. Another one, how do you start a podcast? So, a kind of another, you know, piggyback from that other question. It's actually quite easy to start a podcast. What I did was I bought a mic. I have this mic linked in my Amazon shop. So if you go into my link in my bio and you click my Amazon shop and you go to, I think it's like content or something, you'll find this exact mic. It's like a Samsung. I don't even know what the actual like full name of this is. Um, it's pretty affordable. 
So I got a mic. I record my podcast on GarageBand. I just Googled, uh, sorry, I YouTubed how to use GarageBand. It's really easy if you have a MacBook. If you don't have a MacBook, um, literally just YouTube um, a platform where you can record your podcast. I know you can literally do it off of your iPhone as well. I just don't. I have a, I have a mic. And then you want to edit your podcast. So again, you're just going to have to learn how to cut the clips, which is again, something very easy. And you, I upload my podcast right now on Anchor. Anchor FM is really simple. You just upload it and then you create the title and you, and you upload it. Like literally all you have to do is go onto YouTube and create and, and type in, how do you start a podcast? And there are some really good podcast channels that can easily walk you through this. It's kind of hard for me to tell you every single step, but it's really as simple as like recording it and putting on the platform. Now, depending on like in terms of what you want to talk about, again, that kind of goes back to what I was saying about being an influencer. It's like, what do you want to talk about and why do you want to talk about it? For me, like I want to talk about self-love and becoming the best version of yourself and self-development and mental health and all of these really important topics because it's been my own personal journey and I think it's very important. I found that that was something that people, especially women, really struggle with, especially in the realm of health and wellness because I'm naturally I'm in that health and fitness space, but I just started to realize just how how much deeper things are than just changing your appearance, your physical appearance and just getting healthy. There's always this root cause. So that's kind of been my journey. And I think it's really important. And I just love, I also love to listen to other people talk about this kind of stuff. So it's like, what are the, what are the, um, podcast episodes that you love to listen to? Maybe you could be talking about some of the things that they talk about in your own way, like, and, and, you know, using your own spin on things and your own story. So, um, you know, spend maybe a night or two, like creating some ideas, just getting really creative, just step into that again, that feminine energy of just creation and just flow and like not really having anything set, just being creative at the end of the day. I feel like it's really important to allow yourself to be creative. Um, and yeah, like just create a little draft, like maybe write like I don't know, five, 10 ideas that you could do in terms of podcast episodes. And again, listen to people in the industry. This is another thing is like, you have to be, you got to be that consumer because you need to know how other people are doing it. Like there's so many different ways you can create a podcast. Do you want to do it solo? Like how I am? Um, Are you somebody who has a a decent following in in an audience where you are going to be talking to them kind of like how I am? Or are you going to be starting from scratch, which is also completely fine. You can be talking to your your one, two people who listen to your podcast, like it's totally fine. Or are you going to be having a podcast with your friends or are you going to be interviewing people like there's there's so many different types. And another thing is to, again, not be not try to be so perfect about everything my first and honestly even though this one that I'm recording now in 10 15 episodes from now I'm gonna look back at this one and be like oh the sound or the way that I was speaking was like kind of off you know so it's like you gotta start from somewhere and you never really know like where again you will go with you actually putting yourself out there so put yourself out there don't be afraid of any outcome it's spend some time doing if this is what you want to do in terms of a podcast like like spend an hour or two a week doing it it doesn't take long I write up my script like once a week and it doesn't take me very long depending on what I'm talking about and I spend another like hour 
or two like this is kind of a long episode um, recording and then edit and upload and just be consistent have a schedule and yeah have fun with it all right next question where do you grocery shop I'm finding a hard time balancing a healthy lifestyle without overspending so this is actually from one of my friends who lives like from my hometown. So I'm going to speak in terms of actual places that I shop. This is like Canadian based stores. So if you don't live in America, that's fine. I'll kind of like explain what they are. Um, but okay. So living a healthy lifestyle without overspending is definitely like a real hard thing, right? And guys, I have to tell you when I first got into to health and wellness, I got like really into like organics and supplements and just really expensive food. Like I was spending so much money when I was younger, not younger, but like at the beginning of my journey with like health. Oh my gosh, I was spending so much money. I was literally like insane amount of money at like even Whole Foods or just like really expensive grocery stores. Um, and it literally was not needed. Like I wasted so much. I didn't even take all the supplements that I needed. Da, da, da. So first you just want to... F- you got to simplify like you living a healthy lifestyle. Like you don't need a hundred different supplements. You don't need organic if you can't afford it. You don't need like the highest quality, the highest name brand stuff. Of course, it's really like it would be in a perfect world. Great if we could all shop at Whole Foods and get every single product, like all clean and healthy ingredients. Amazing. And the thing is, is like wellness culture will push that and you'll see girls on Instagram living that life and you want that too. But realistically, you are not going to die if you don't have organic food. You're not going to die if you have a packaged food that might not have 100% clean ingredients. And this is coming from somebody who was obsessed with eating clean and obsessed with like everything food. And literally I would sabotage myself if I ate anything that like wasn't, oh my gosh, it just ended up being so unhealthy. So just realize that like you don't need to like be 100% like eating whole foods and eating as much really eating as much whole foods as possible and trying to not eat so much like packaged foods is good enough like seriously that's better than I'm sure like a very unhealthy diet of just like eating out um so some of the things that you can do is and what I usually I don't really actually I still make a list I usually still make a list just in case but make a list before you go into grocery shopping like you need to because if you don't you're gonna just be like picking up all of these things and like literally even even if it racks up your bill 20 bucks more than what you came in um planning on that's still 20 bucks every single time and you're just wasting you're just wasting money that you like you don't need things so if you're a meal planner, it'll be helpful to kind of like plan out the meals that you're going to eat throughout the week. Now, this doesn't have to be like very set in stone. I kind of have an idea, a rough idea, but I do not meal plan the way I, the way I used to. I kind of know what I'm going to be eating for breakfast, which is kind of like like a, an egg stir fry or something like that, or like or I have a few options like a smoothie or like an avocado toast or an egg toast or like a scramble. So I'm just getting like a few ingredients, staple ingredients for those. And then like a lunch, I will have a protein and like making sure that like I have something for yogurt bowl. So just like your favorite types of foods you want to kind of like have around, um, but make a list before you go in. Another thing I would say is to cut out like these like expensive healthy snacks and stuff that I again I used to do this all the time like I would go into Whole Foods and just get like all of these cute like 
healthy ass like chocolates and like just stuff I did not need like if you are really like needing some type of snack like really and truly like having fruit is fine enough like or actually what I'm going to be doing is um creating I want to make these like little date things there's like I'm sure you guys guys have seen them like on Instagram you like cut a date in half and you take out the pit and you put um peanut butter in it and then you like melt dark chocolate and you put it over and freeze them like little snacks like that like homemade things are going to be a money saver like make your foods from home stop buying so much uh pre-made things also planning on like creating some stir fries throughout the week again things like that reusing um vegetables Again, I just get a few different types of vegetables from the grocery store and then I'm like steaming them or I'm adding them into a stir fry throughout the week. Like I also find that like if you are somebody who wants to be on a health kick and you start to like research a bunch of different healthy recipes, what ends up happening is first of all, you don't have like half the ingredients. So you write it on your list that you need to get from the grocery store. And then again, that's racking up your bill like an extra 40 bucks just to create this one recipe, which most likely you're not going to fall to a T and you're not even going to like it. So like start to eat foods that you already like and maybe try incorporate like one different type of vegetable in the stir fry or like with your avocado toast like think about maybe adding an egg on top like something you already have instead of like creating all of these crazy things if you're on a budget um in terms of the grocery stores i grocery shop at no frills now not all no frills has really good produce and stuff so it's understandable if like no frills for anyone who lives in america is like kind of like a cheaper grocery store i would say it's not like a trader joe's because trader joe's is like um, a cheaper version, I guess, of Whole Foods, but Trader Joe's still has like, re- I really wish we had that here, honestly, but we don't. Anyways, um, yeah, I, I shop at No Frills, which is a chain of grocery stores and the produce in the, in the No Frills near me is really, really good. So I get everything from there. They even sell like my grass fed beef that I have there. So it's really good. Um, so that's where I go and I use my points card and I get points and it's like the cheapest. If you go, um, no frills is the same chain as Loblaws and also like shoppers. You go to those stores and you find the exact same products for like three, five bucks more. And it's the same thing. It's insane. So like if you're shopping at Loblaws, go to freaking no frills, at least for like as, as many things as you possibly can. And then, some like I don't do this anymore really because the everything that I need is at this grocery store but if you're really into like eating healthy and you want to switch up like your your um, proteins or get something really clean then maybe like set out a budget of like 20 30 bucks that you're going to spend at like a high-end grocery store and then everything else you're going to get at that no frills or like a cheaper grocery store like that if you're really budgeting um, because really you, you gotta be good with, um, the places that you're spending your money at. Also, another tip is if I am getting any health foods, I like to go to bulk burn. now again, anyone who lives in the States, I'm pretty sure there's no bulk burn there, but it's basically like, you know, those bins of like nuts and seeds that you get, um, or like baking stuff, whatever it's like there, it's the store of like all of the things. So I go there and I get my hemp seeds and my, um, ch- uh, chia seeds and 
like nutritional yeast and anything bulk I get there and it's a lot cheaper than you going to a grocery store and buying a bag of hemp seeds that are overpriced for like 15 bucks. Instead, you can get like a huge bag for like seven, eight dollars and it lasts a lot longer. Well, not longer, but usually longer because you can get more. Um, so that's another good tip as well. And they have like health food stuff there as well. So there's a lot of things that you can do for sure. Um, and again, like just focus on whole foods, like eating as whole food as you can. It's really not that expensive. If you go to like not the most expensive grocery store, you don't need all of these like crazy recipes and crazy ingredients. You don't need them. You're not going to die if you have foods like even with peanut butter, I get natural peanut butter from Kraft. Now, most people in the not most people, but some people who are really like obsessed with healthy eating and the way that I used to be would t- I would tell myself like no, it needs to be organic from this brand and it needs to be like $15, but I'm not spending $15 on organic natural peanut butter. Kraft has 100% um, peanut butter. The only ingredients is, is peanuts in it and I'm getting it and it's like $4. So, you know, like, and I'm not going to die about it and I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm not going to die and I'm not going to stress about eating that way. And I'm fine. My health is completely fine. <laughs> All right. Next question. How do you overcome betrayal syndrome? This is definitely hard because I mean, you think somebody is one way. Again, I'm I'm just going based off of this kind of broad question here. You think maybe somebody is some way and then they turn out to not be who you thought they were. That's kind of like what it, what ends up happening when you get betrayed, you know? Maybe somebody cheats on you or your friend did something behind your back or something traumatizing happens and it completely changes the way you perceive this person or this environment or this situation. And I think the first thing is to allow yourself to kind of grieve Um, what you thought you had with that person or that situation. And again, this is something where you might need to go get some help with that and that's totally fine, but don't try and override your system and override the parts of you that feel betrayed and that feel scared or, or just betrayed really. And another thing is, is you're going to have to start working through this betrayal and realizing like, again, if somebody betrayed you in terms of like, let's say somebody cheated on you at the end of the day, like I'm sure you, maybe you played a part in that toxic relationship, let's say, because I always say like, there's always two people in a relationship. Like people always play a role no matter what, but like, let's say you really had no, like you had no part in it. This person that did this thing to you is again, coming from a place of just low, whether it's self-esteem or respect, whatever it is, it's very low vibrational and you can't take that personally. And I know that it's hard to not take something personally when you, when you've been told like, you know, this person loves you and then they go behind your back and then you feel like, what did I do or whatever the case is, but you have to not take these things personally. There's people are operating from such a different mindset than you even believe. And sometimes people are really good at hiding that. This is where self-talk is going to have to come in. You're going to have to be talking to yourself when you do feel triggered, when you do feel sad, when you think about that time that somebody betrayed you or that situation turned out to be completely different than what you thought it was going to be. Just because it's this person is not who they said they were or the situation is not the same, you're you're still going to be okay. Like you're you're still worthy of love. You are you you're going to be okay. Like things like that. Like you're going to have to talk yourself through these situations because you will have these these thoughts and these triggers come up. I also think that it's important to start like focusing on 
on kind of reinventing yourself from the situation of betrayal versus allowing yourself to just sit in this betrayal because it comes to a point and if you struggle with this you should listen to my first episode podcast about letting go and forgiving people and moving on you have to make a decision like whether you want to move on or you want to sit in this this never-ending dwelling of betrayal and this is a time for you to reinvent yourself and what you could maybe maybe do differently in terms of the people that you're going to be coming into contact next next time or like let's say again with this cheater like you're going to be most likely <laughs> if you focus on yourself you're going to be making better decisions when it probably comes to let's say dating or even when you go into a new situation your attachment to the outcome you're going to learn to not have so much of an attached to the outcome. You're going to learn de- detachment, things like that. So I just think that um, looking at the situation and seeing like what you can learn from it, you can always learn from it. All right, we have one more question. This episode is so freaking long. Um, yeah, let's get into the last question. How does one stick to a budget of saving and paying off debt while also treating themselves? This is something I definitely have a lot of experience with. Um, these are my tips. Again, I'm I'm not a financial advisor, so just take this with a grain of salt. So this is what I think. If you have debt, that really should be the first thing that you're focusing on in terms of like paying down. If your debt is over 7% interest, then that's where your money really needs to go because if you don't start putting your money into that and instead you're putting it into savings or even investing into stocks, then your your debt's growing way higher than your investment. So you want to pay down the the debt that has the highest interest of your, all of your interests and in any of your debts really. Again, you really can it depends on what you're wanting to save on. And people say like have an emergency fund, but this is really going to depend on how much debt you have. If you have a lot of debt for you to save some money here and there, especially if you're bad with your money, I would just say start putting that money onto your debt. Like obviously you want to make sure you have some type of emergency like fund or something. But I mean, that's what I did when I had debt from like school. I still have, I have still have a school loan, but like when I had like really bad debt from literally just like, consumer debt um I made sure that I paid down that debt because your consumer debt is going to have a super high interest and it's going to just be like you're going to be going in circles in terms of saving like even saving like 50 bucks a month you know maybe it's not that much maybe you can't because you're spending so much money on on lowering on lowering your debt but again just like a little bit of money goes a long way anything even 20 bucks a month I know might not seem like a lot but it will it will be a lot and think about it like this like the more money that you put down to your debt eventually you're not gonna have to put two three four hundred bucks down every month on your debt and then you'll be able to actually put that into saving or investing um I also think that investing your money is a little bit smarter than saving your money like if you're not doing it for an emergency fund then I would look into um, investing into stocks it's really simple although it's actually not I don't know why I'm saying it's really simple it took me forever to kind of understand stocks but um, just investing in mutual funds like index funds things like that and then the part where she said while also treating myself see that's another it's hard right because on one on one end we don't want to shift into this energy of like scarcity and like I'm super broke because also uh, you know those types of thoughts might might you know stop your stop you from actually like manifesting things in your life but 
create a budget every month for you to spend on yourself. Now that's going to depend on how much money that you have realistically. But I think it's important to do this because then if you know that you you allot yourself, let's say like a hundred bucks a month um, to spend on like, I don't know, going shopping or entertainment or something, then when you have these impulses to want to buy something or like do something crazy, you will... I don't know. I think it will help a little bit for you to think, well, I I have something to look forward to. I have this amount of money that I can spend. So I'm going to wait. You know, I'm not going to spend my money this month because I've already spent it. But next month I have a hundred bucks that I can spend. So it kind of like slows you down. Um, If you're really like really bad with your spending, like I would be focusing on not like putting yourself in situations where you're going to be overspending ask yourself why you're spending money on things that you're spending on like you got to start to learn that relationship that you have with money and again this comes down to again like why do I keep saying again with everything it's so annoying (laughs) this comes down to your your past conditioning and beliefs that you hold around money and you know this is going to take probably a lot of work but I think that you can do it you can definitely do it if you're somebody who's like really interested in getting your finances right then you just have to be determined and and, um start educating yourself YouTube is going to be your best friend go to there's this guy on YouTube and his name is not his name but his YouTube channel is called cash college I believe that's what it's called I think yeah that's what it's called and he talks a lot about just being like paying off debt and uh investing and everything like that he's really really good and he like explains things things very simply so simply is that a word i don't know anyways so yeah i guess that's that those are my tips another thing is really at the end of the day is if you are somebody who wants to treat yourself and stuff amazing again like like kind of have that money like set aside so that you can so you don't feel completely drained and like you're not living your life but also learn ways to increase your income because at the end of the day if you are in debt and you're not making enough money you need to learn how to either lower your expenses or create more income like there's really no going about that like you have to do one or the other or both ideally you'd want to do both um, especially when you're like paying off debt so yeah I think that's it I think we have done it all in terms of questions that was a lot of questions I appreciate every one of you for asking any questions also I'm definitely gonna do one of these episodes like once a month um so definitely follow me on Instagram the glow up secrets TikTok as well the glow up secrets I go on live I talk to you guys on there and I'm always on this on my stories and everything like that and again if you guys want my inner child journal prompt guide or the abundance mindset guide you can find it on my link in my bio they're really cheap and they just help you kind of do some journaling around those topics and um yeah I think that's it thank you guys for another week listening to the global secrets podcast I love when you guys screenshot and share um, the photo like of the podcast episode and you show me that you're listening to it. I freaking love that on Instagram. So totally keep doing that. I want to see you listening to the pod. Let me know when you're listening to it, like what you're doing when you listen to the episode. Um, And yeah, if you could leave me a review as well, that'd be amazing. Even just if you want to click five stars, if you don't feel like writing a review. 
um, that'll be great. Anyways, without further ado, I love you so much. Thank you for being here and I will see you in next week's episode on Sunday. Bye.